Hi, this is Javier Prato, creator of the documentary Spirit Medicine, and you're listening to Entheonation with Lorna Liana. Welcome to Entheonation, where we feature visionaries who are pioneering the cutting edge of awakening. Psychedelic science, modern shamanism, neuroscience, new paradigm lifestyles. Get ready to harness the power of visionary states and forge reality into your wildest dreams. Visionary Tribe of Entheonation. This is Lorna Liana, your host, bringing you today another episode about the power of visionary plant medicines. Many visionary medicines like psilocybin mushrooms, ayahuasca, iboga, peyote, and San Pedro cactus have been used by indigenous people as sacraments and medicines to cure the body, mind, and spirit for thousands of years. In many countries, however, these medicines are illegal and considered to be extremely dangerous. In the United States, they are listed as Schedule One drugs, illegal to use and consume, with possession punishable with hefty jail sentences. Now, a Schedule One drug is defined as a substance that has high abuse potential with no medical use or value and severe safety concerns. Marijuana is also considered to be a Schedule One drug, even though there is ample documented scientific evidence of medicinal benefits, including treatment for cancer. A closer look at our drug laws reveals that drug scheduling is not based on science, but in fact politically motivated and based on blanket moral judgments made by lawmakers at that time. For a really interesting discussion about the political obstacles to rational drug research, check out my friend Jesse Lawler's interview with Dr. David Nutt over at the Smart Drug Smarts podcast. Dr. David Nutt is the director of the Neuropsychopharmacology Unit in the Division of Brain Sciences at Imperial College London. And he stated that horseback riding was more dangerous to your brain than using MDMA. Now I've been scouring the internet for recent scientific research on peyote, and the last report on peyote research that I've been able to find was a 2005 study led by John Halpern, MD, of McLean Hospital's Biological Psychiatry Laboratory. Researchers at the Harvard-affiliated McLean Hospital report that Native Americans who use the hallucinogen peyote regularly in connection with religious ceremonies show no evidence of brain damage or psychological problems. In fact, members of the Navajo tribe who regularly use peyote actually scored significantly better on several measures of overall mental health than did subjects from the same tribe who were not members of the religious group and who did not use the hallucinogen, according to a paper published in the November 4th, 2005 issue of Biological Psychiatry. More recent studies with psilocybin mushrooms show that they switch off the part of the brain that causes depression and stimulates the growth of new brain cells. Fledgling ayahuasca research also shows its potential to treat depression. Even though its therapeutic benefits have been well known for decades, with numerous anecdotal accounts of ayahuasca-curing diabetes, cancer, Crohn's disease, and other serious illnesses, real scientific research has been extremely limited. 
All of this boils down to this ludicrous situation. It's extremely difficult to demonstrate the medicinal benefits of visionary plant medicines when current drug laws prohibit possession of these substances and therefore research. Now, do these medicines have high potential for abuse? The ones that I mentioned, psilocybin mushrooms, ayahuasca, ibaga, peyote, and San Pedro cactus are not particularly addictive, and their purgative qualities, in other words, projectile vomit-inducing qualities, do not make them party favors of choice. At all. That's why the work of filmmakers like Javier Prato is so important. Javier is producing a documentary that explores the curative benefits of visionary plant medicines, taking viewers through a journey through jungle and desert, where he stays with indigenous tribes and shamans, and incorporates interviews with leading scientific researchers. In our discussion today, you'll discover his take on the difference between ayahuasca, peyote, and psilocybin mushrooms from a plant spirit perspective what it's like to live with indigenous people who work with these medicines, and their tremendous potential for healing. Show notes and awesome photos can be found on entheonation.com 15. You can also learn more about his documentary called Spirit Medicine, the experts that Javier has interviewed, and his journey into indigenous lands by visiting their Kickstarter page. Finally, if you stick around until the very end of this episode, I will share with you a profound message from beyond that I received in a recent ayahuasca ceremony. If you would like to receive a free transcript of this episode, it is super easy. Simply text Entheonation, that is E-N-T-H-E-O-N-A-T-I-O-N, to the number 44222. Just reply to the SMS with your best email to get access to premium content that's only available to bona fide citizens of Entheonation. If you like this episode, I would so appreciate it if you would take the time to rate and review this show in iTunes, as this will increase Entheonation's visibility in the iTunes marketplace and help get this life-changing information out to the people who need it. Now on to the show. Hello, Visionary Changemakers. This is Lorna Liana of Entheo Nation, and we are here today with Javier Prato, who is an independent filmmaker from Argentina, and he is on a quest to uncover the curative properties of visionary plant medicines. His personal inquiry sparked the creation of his recent documentary film, Spirit Medicine, which covers ayahuasca, peyote, psilocybin mushrooms, and ibaga. So welcome to an episode of Entheonation. Really glad to have you on the show, Javier. Thank you so much. So I'd love to hear more about what inspired you to create this documentary film. It sounds very exciting and full of adventurous travel opportunities. So mm -hmm. tell us how it all began. Well, it started in 2013. It was a series of events. A friend of mine sadly passed away of uh, pancreatic cancer. And at the same time, a father of a friend of mine uh, had cancer too, stomach cancer, and uh, he actually survived. He took uh, for six months this plant mixture. I don't know exactly what, but um, you know, he was able to uh, have a full reversal of the tumor, and now he's fine. And then also I saw an interview uh, to Sting by Daniel Pinchbeck that uh, Sting was talking about ayahuasca. That was the first time I, I heard about the word ayahuasca and how he was saying how, you know, revealing his experience was. So that kind of like put in perspective of my, me wanting to, to learn more. And, but also to, at the same time that I learned more, documented, and then thinking, okay, well, someday maybe I can turn this into a documentary. And that's how it started. 
So your friend that was able to heal himself with cancer, and then your other friend that passed away suddenly, could you share with us some of the differences in the way that they approached their cancer treatment and what your takeaway was on why it worked for your friend with stomach cancer and why your friend with pancreatic cancer passed away? Yeah, well, my friend with pancreatic cancer, he basically did almost like the regular treatment. I mean, the thing is like, he caught it at a too late. That's the thing about cancer. You know, it's like, it's too late. There's not too much they can do. So he was late, basically, to find a cure or even, you know, do chemo. The father of a friend of mine, I guess he got lucky. His kids, you know, said like, we want to try something different. And he went for it. And that's what happened. That's how it went. Do you know what kind of uh, treatment, like, was it through Chinese herbal medicine or was it uh, Ayurvedic? Do you have any? Yeah, it, it's like, it's not catalog, either Chinese or different type of medicine. It's actually, it's, it's a center in, in Argentina that uh, they offer this alternative medicine to to fight cancer. And, uh, and he went and you know, he got better. But again, I don't have full details of what, and they don't tell you either, like, what is in it? You know, they, they tell you, they tell you like, it's a detoxify, alkalines your body. So, but I think a lot of these cures is not just physical and what you're taking, but also how much you believe in it. You know, it's like a 50 50, it's like spiritual and body. That's kind of like what I learned too through my experience here. It's like, it's not like a conventional medicine, you take a pill and then you, if you like it, you get better. But having the, your mentality and positive aspect of, get better, I think that plays a big role. Mm-hmm. So why the step from herbal medicines into visionary medicines? Well, well, you call it visionary, but it's not visionary for everybody. Everybody's different. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, for okay. example, no, it's true. You know, a lot of people like me, I don't, I didn't get a lot of visions, like a lot of people I interviewed, like, oh, they see like colors and, and jaguars and, and serpents and all that. I guess maybe because I'm, I'm too visual already, but I, I got like downloads, a lot of information about myself. I felt like how the earth is suffering. So a big connection to the earth and people and myself, but it's definitely, definitely way more powerful than, than, in, than regular herbal medicines. It's something that, that needs to be known. And they actually, the people don't have a perception of, medicinal use with psychedelics that's also why i want to like okay get the word out and then you know judge for itself based on evidence and, and people's experiences because it's, it's hard to convince people yeah you know i, I take in psychedelics and i got cured but i don't i'm not an addict anymore or or no no ptsd or all that so it's really remarkable and i was just we westerners are just you know getting the learning about this when these indigenous cultures have been doing it for thousands of years. So they may be into something, I think. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's kind of interesting. We're only now seeing science starting Mm -hmm. to explore uh, the use of psychedelics in actual, you know, treatments of uh, different disorders, especially mental disorders. But it's I feel like sometimes it can be a bit of a uphill battle because many of these psychedelic 
medicines or drugs have been stigmatized as highly dangerous. So, you know, it's kind of interesting. People get stuck in this framework or the, this belief system. I recall actually not too long ago, I, there was this very insistent individual who wasn't even in my Facebook friend network, but he, many of my posts are public. And so he has been, I guess, following, you know, a lot of my updates. And he was very adamant about saying how LSD was very dangerous and, you know, more people died using LSD than tobacco or alcohol. I'm like, where were you getting that? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of evidence, in fact, that the psychedelics are, in terms of their level of harmfulness and, you know, how many deaths were actually related to the use of psychedelics, it's actually very, very small. So I'm curious to know in your research around these medicines, what do you think the promise or potential that psychedelics have for actual healing? A lot. It treats a lot of psychological issues. I mean, a lot of physical problems that we have, kind of like it starts with the brain, with the psychological imbalances and all that. What psychedelic does is like it shows you where the problem is. It's not just masking the problems or just so you, so you feel better. It kind of like goes to, to the root of the problem and it tells you, okay, this is what's wrong. So you either change or you're going to die. You know, some people, they, there's like entities too. Like there's this, again, me personally, almost no visions, but there's a lot of connections with spirit world and also a lot of connections between the people that are doing the ceremony too, like a psychic connections. Uh, there's a lot of, oh, I thought about this image. Oh, I thought about that too. So after the ceremony, a lot of people, like when we talk about it, would come out with the similar visions that they had. You know? So that's very interesting. It's so funny. I had this very fascinating five-day boat journey with some indigenous tribal leaders and an anthropologist. And this anthropologist was telling me, you know, yeah, you know, sometimes you'll have a group of people going into a ceremony and they'll know the same things together. And Mm -hmm. he gave me this like example. He's like, yeah, there was this one time when it was a group of, you know, 10 leaders going into drink ayahuasca together. And one of the men was having an affair with the other man's wife. (laughs) And so nobody knew about this before they went into the ayahuasca ceremony but after the night was over not only did the man whose wife he was cheating on know that they were having uh-huh. an affair everybody else in the group knew as well yeah but nothing had been said uh-huh. yeah 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 and it's common use in indigenous cultures that when they're trying for example ayahuasca it's like yeah they have like premonitions or visions like that that you're not present physically but during the, the ceremony, you actually see like astral projection of, of seeing things that are happening. You, you may think it's, it's just actually you're making it up, but then you find out like, you, like what happened there, like this really happened, you know. Uh, so it's, it's really, it's very interesting, you know. And, and again, it's, this is very hard. Like how do you turn this into a film? That's like also my challenge. How do you turn all these experiences so people can, that who never tried it, can get an idea. And that's all, that's also, I'm, I'm really planning to, to recreate in the documentary, a visionary experience for, with a plan, not just with video, but also um, another addition that I want to add is 360 degree um, ceremony, like with a 360 degree camera. 
mm-hmm. and you're able to sh- to see like you know be there like okay this is how what is what it is like <laughs> that and a lot of CGI <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> yeah that would be interesting I could imagine I had a friend that was in an ayahuasca ceremony and he was just like I looked at my arms and I saw snakes snakes mm. and so I could imagine if you were to recreate that in a film you know to have like you know a person like have these like snakes all of a sudden start appearing and and like you know winding their way up his body yeah 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 you, you know you have to go <laughs> to a very open mind you a lot of people make the mistake of they go to these ceremonies with a preconception or an idea of what they want and i mean you have you have to have an intention but if you go like oh i want to have visions i want to have visions you know or i want to see the snake or whatever it doesn't work it's just usually the plan just tells you what you need is mm-hmm. not what you want. It's very true. So before you got involved with visionary plant medicines, did you have any belief in the spirit world at all or belief that there were non-embodied entities that exist all around us? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very open-minded to that. I'm a, I'm a spiritual person. I believe there's there's definitely more that we don't see, you know, our our perceptions are so limited. So when you try this these plants in a way I think we are enhancing our perceptions and consciousness, and we literally tap into, call it parallel dimension or something that is maybe right next to us because we're just limited. We just don't see it. We don't. We don't know. Love this episode? You can receive the transcript for free by simply texting Entheonation, that's E-N-T-H-E-O-N-A-T-I-O-N, to the number 44222. All you need to do is to reply to the SMS message with your best email address, and we'll send you the transcript and our guide to navigating visionary states for free as a VIP citizen of Entheonation. So have you noticed any difference between the different plants that you covered? Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, ayahuasca is is very feminine force. In a way, is it is like um like the ayahuasca vine. It is a vine. It goes like in, like this, you know, and then it shows you things and and goes. It's like it's very uh, maternal force. Whatever it is, is it the entity of the ayahuasca, the soul, or whatever? Mescaline is like. 10 Red Bulls, <laughs> you know, it's like super like concentrated and, and they use it a lot for back in the day for hunting. They still do for even work on the land and they give it to, to the people, uh, the tribe to like, you know, have more energy. The mescaline or? Yeah, uh, peyote. It's the peyote. peyote cactus that has the mescaline is the psychoactive compound on peyote. Then uh, salicylate mushrooms is very colorful. Uh, it's also a very, you see things sharp. Something's moving. Uh, I would say, for my experience, again, it, for everybody, it's different. Mushrooms were more visual than ayahuasca, for example. But again, this is just me. A lot of people also have less visions with different. Everybody's wired differently. So, and then uh, iboga, I hadn't tried. I'm looking forward to it. But based on all my interviews that I've done, it looks like it's the most powerful of all, all the other ones, even more than ayahuasca. Yeah, I know a couple people that have worked with Ibaga, and they had both told me that the experience of working with Ibaga is so strong that it is even hard to move your body because mm. if you're lying down and you turn your head, turning your head is like going into a wind tunnel. Now, I've never experienced Ibaga yet. 
I am looking for the right container to experience that in. But that sounds almost frightening to me. So I, I'm not sure if I'm quite ready for that, but I am very curious. Yeah, yeah. And especially going to Africa and, and experience that, that's a big step. It's not just like, okay, I'm going to Mexico, even though you can go to Mexico and try Iboga, but that's a different, going to Africa is like you learn about the culture and, and you do the whole ceremony. And I think that, again, it's a much needed part of the documentary that I'm looking forward to, to experience, you know. And then also, this documentary is not like I'm just like behind the camera, man. I'm behind the camera and just ask questions, you know. I I do that, but then also I go and try these this plants and I'm able to to have a first experience with the viewers. So I think that that's also great. And so, but it's definitely a biggest step on any regular medicine that is out there. So of the medicines that you've tried already, so you mentioned you tried, you've tried ayahuasca, peyote, and psilocybin mushrooms. Have you noticed any difference in the spirit of the plant? And if so, how would you describe them? Yeah, well, I mentioned a little bit about ayahuasca. It's very feminine force spirit. Mescaline, I would say it's a more masculine. Peyote, peyote. It's a more masculine force. Salazar mushrooms, I don't know. It was a mixture. I don't know. What I felt about mushrooms is interesting. I had it in, in Mexico, in San Jose del Pacifico, a beautiful place. That's like the best place to, to try mushrooms. It'd be outside in the, with the trees and all that. What state of Mexico was that? Oaxaca. Oaxaca. Oh, okay. Yeah. Were you with some of the indigenous people that have been working with the psilocybin mushrooms for a long time? Well, I was with a shaman who had been working for for many years with the mushrooms, and he offers uh, this. Uh, it's not a traditional Mazatec ceremony, but you go to this place. It's called the Cuatro Elementos, the Four Elements. It's not just like okay, here's a mushroom, and, and then you go, you know, <laughs> go to your room. No, no. First, you go to, um, you take a, it's called a temascal. It's like a sweat lodge. And then you go in and then he puts this volcanic, super hot volcanic rocks inside. And then you sweat like crazy. And then they put like, a, you know, different plants and water. So you kind of like you do a cleansing there first. Then you, you go out after like 15, 20 minutes. You take a shower with the tea. It's actually a tea. You know, you shower with that. And then through this whole process, at the end, you have the mushroom on a cup of tea, and then you drink the tea with the mushroom. So it kind of like, you know, it clears not just your pores, but, you know, that's what they call it, the four elements. It really, like, it enhances the experience with the mushroom a lot. Mm. And then uh, when I tried it, I really felt like that the mushroom was enjoying my consciousness. I, I felt that... I was a mushroom and I had legs and I can walk, you know, and I felt like I was a kid again. I was like, yeah, I was like enjoying, you know, I was just walking around the forest and looking at the everything, you know, it's like, it, it was beautiful, but, but it's re I really felt that. And I think that's true in a way. I think because the mushroom is not dead, you're not drinking a dead mushroom. It's there. Even if, if it's dry, they're still there. There gotta be a soul there hanging there because it's not dead. So when you drink that, when you eat that, I think that entity or whatever, that energy, you experience being inside someone else. And I, I think that's true. I, that's what I felt. So you were eating fresh mushrooms rather than dried mushrooms? Yes. Hmm. Do you think there's any difference between eating fresh mushrooms versus dried mushrooms? Well, of course, they have more, you know, the fresher is, is more powerful. So you need maybe less quantity. But, uh... oh, oh, I didn't know that. 
Wow. But there are different kinds of mushrooms too. So was there a particular species of a visionary mushroom that your shaman was working with or had a relationship with? Yeah, I don't recall exactly that the type of mushroom, but it was psilocybin contained mushroom. There's a lot of, of different mushrooms that contain the psilocybin. So what was the experience of the mushroom as you, Javier? Did the mushroom like being you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I can imagine it's kind of fun because we think, oh, my God, you know, I'm going to eat some magic mushrooms. How fun. And the uh, mushrooms are like, hey, how fun. I get to be Javier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. So tell me more about uh, peyote. Where did you go to experience that medicine? And what was that experience like for you? Yeah, I went to northern Mexico. I met a shaman that he actually travels around the world doing peyote ceremonies. And I went there and actually he was coming from, I think, from Italy, from another ceremony. And I picked him up at the airport and I drove him back to his town, which is like a 12 hour, maybe between 12, 13 hour drive to his town. And he invited me to spend there a couple of weeks. And it was just another amazing experience, a very contrast between the south of Mexico, which is like a lot of plants and and a lot of rain. This is like dry as hell. It's like, it doesn't rain for like months. And when I got there, it didn't rain for like six months. So I, I went there and, you know, they, they lead a pretty simple life. There's no power. There's no water. They just use a river next, you know, close by. Their main food is corn. You know, they live by out of, you know, tortillas. <laughs> Very great tortillas. <laughs> and then they, you know, big community. They have... You know, these people, they don't have like three kids. They have like 10, <laughs> like 15. <laughs> you know? it's, a wor- it's a rural workforce. You know? I guess so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they have the peyote. What surprised me is that it's not just like you actually eat the cactus. They have it in powder form. And you actually put it on water and you drink it. Mm-hmm. So the way they do that is because why is because it just lasts longer. They can last for a year or more without losing the effect. So they dry it and then they put it in powder form and then you, you drink it like, uh, like any drink, you know. The experience is, like I said, it's very energetic. I felt like I wanted to go run, you know, like in the middle of the desert. <laughs> so, it, yeah, it was very energetic, the peyote. That's when they do the ceremonies there. They're awake for, I don't know, I was like for like almost two days, like people celebrating, like nonstop. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that, that's kind of like the experience. And then we are now we have the medicinal side of it, uh, which is uh, each plant has their own beneficial side of, of it. One is like the experience. Okay, what do I get? But then you have the what medicinal benefit you get. From peyote, there's, an, there's not a lot of research, very, very little research. Yeah, I haven't really encountered a lot in my research because, yeah, it seems to be a lot of the science that I see coming out are focused on the, you know, potential therapeutic benefits of psilocybin mushrooms for healing depression and PTSD and end-of-life anxiety. And then, of course, you know, there's like ayahuasca and like addiction and, you know, potential curing like, you know, Crohn's disease and, you know, other types of illnesses. But I've heard nothing about peyote, although I, in the communities that I'm a part of that are largely Native American church communities, I've uh, certainly heard that it's very effective in helping people with addiction issues, especially addiction to heroin and cocaine and alcohol to be able to kick the habit. So, you know, yeah. what, what else have you discovered about the medicinal properties of peyote? Well, uh, also alcoholism, you know, which is the kind of like addiction. But 
all the plants are like treat similar symptoms. It's not just like, okay, ayahuasca is for this, peyote is for that. Or no, 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 no. It's like, it's similar. One plant may be more effective, but they all kind of like treat the same symptom. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It seems like there is certainly an overlap. It seems the medicines that you've been researching for your documentary are all very effective in the treatment of addictions. So I would say that um, you know, that's one big overlap they share. Uh, I'm curious to know, I, I didn't get to ask you a little huh? bit earlier, the people that you spent time with in Mexico, were they the huicholes? Right, the huicholes. Aha, uh -huh. okay. Uh -huh. So you were in a traditional huichol community where you know, were, were people wearing their traditional clothing with the beautiful mm -hmm. embroidery? Mm -hmm. Again, very simple, very simple life. I, mean, I was like, of course, no, it's no cell phone. <laughs> so it was it's interesting how, like, you know, they're, they're happy. I mean, and one of the kids from the shaman that I met, he's like an amazing uh, artist. You know, he was like drawing, a lot of beautiful drawings. But mostly the, the female huicholes, they constantly doing stuff like necklaces or you know shirts you know hats that's constant and, and that's part of their their culture you know to share they also have they make this great it's like a alcoholic drink made of corn you know dry corn for days and then they become alcohol and then you drink it it's like oh <laughs> you know just a simple life that's what i got from it one little experience that i don't want to take too much time with it but when we went, they went before the ceremony. They go hunting to have food, and we went to to the desert. And I followed with my camera. I was like around eight of them. It was a desert, but with a mount, a lot of mountains, just uh, very dry trees, pine trees. And I got lost in the fucking desert. And I thought, that, okay, well maybe if I go out on top of the mountain, I'll be able to see where they are. Nothing. I was like, what the hell? And I. I was like, I only had like this little bottle of water. It didn't rain for six months. And I had no idea what direction to go. So I was able to actually get my directions. I actually, I figured, okay, I took a picture of, of before. I took pictures of the mountain. So that I used that as a guide to see, okay, when I took that picture on my right, oh, that's the mountain that I, <laughs> that I passed by. Maybe I should go that direction. Mm -hmm. So, and then I decided, okay, do that. And it was like around five to six hours and you know again i ran out of water for a moment i thought i was going like slow but then i said fuck it i better do it before it gets you know sand down i started running i didn't care about getting a scratch or anything and then something happened which is again you know it's like this is weird but started raining <laughs> after six months no rain that day and the day before they do it they would show people they do a lot of it's called um offerings ofrendas you know to the gods so they pray, you know, for rain and they pray for prosperity, all that. And earlier that day, that's what we did. We did, we did an offering for the rain and that happened and it started raining. And I was able to, I was drinking water from the rocks, you know, that was like amazing. And I was never worried, I think, I don't know. I, maybe I should have, but, but I didn't. And I finally, I, I found my way back. So yeah, that's the... Lost in the desert section. <laughs> wow. But were you uh, still, were you on peyote or was it on a, no, uh, no, a different no. day? Yeah, it was before. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that would be interesting to be also out in the wilderness on peyote as well. When you were working with this medicine, were you mostly in like a, outside. inside or outside? Outside. outside? Oh, wonderful. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But and, again, when, you, when you're there, like it's dry. You only see like 
dirt and, and dryness. It's not all a lot of sea, just the sky and the ground. Mm-hmm. And are they in ceremony during the daytime or in the nighttime? No, it lasts for day and night. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. They have two things. One is the celebration of the peyote. They call it la fiesta del peyote, you know, the party of the peyote. That's one thing. And then they have the plerimidage. They go to get the peyote. So every March they go there and then they, it's called the hunt, the peyote. And that's when they've been doing this for thousands of years to grab the, the peyote and then bring it home. And also the big struggle that's happening. Uh, now it's a little better, but a couple of years ago it was hard. Like the mine companies, you know, they're doing to... Uh, damage the earth to get the mining corporations to are doing the they're basically using the Wichol land to prosper the land but at the same time they're contaminating the land it's interfering with their Wichol traditions but again you know it's a community that I've been doing they've been living forever <laughs> for thousands of years and, and they maintain that way of living you know it's, it's, it's the last pre-Columbian culture in the world literally Hmm. Wow, that's really fascinating. So we're about at the end of this segment, but I'd love to leave you with my last uh, favorite question, which mm-hmm. is in your experience of, you know, working with visionary plant medicines, what was the most far out visionary experience that you've had? Mm-hmm. And can you describe that story for us, please? Yeah, well, it was one time I tried ayahuasca around 10 times. The first one was not that great because I had a very bad cold. And I guess the medicine worked on my body to feel better. I didn't get, you know, just like I felt great the next day. The experience was in a way that I was actually able to to see myself from a different perspective. And I, I was like, I was able to see different versions of me, how I saw myself very successful and I'm very sick. And I saw that that kind of like premonition of, of okay, if I do this today, I'm going to end up like this. And if I do this today, I'm going to end up like that. I was, I was able to get a, a clear image of where I'll, I'll be going and not just one once, but many. But also I, I was able to, to see the, my, my past, you know, like very from childhood memories to recent memories. And again, it was like really I was able, I was watching like a movie from a different perspective. And that's something that is shared a lot with the people that, not everybody, but some of the people, they share the same. And how did that help you? Oh, well, you know, it helped me to understand it better. I was very shy when I was a kid. Kind of like I was able to like maybe process that, like why I was, why I'm so afraid of people or, you know, shy. So I was able like to find the why and then it's not quick. It's not like, you know, you take the medicine and the next day, oh. You know, you're a new person. It takes time. You know, the medicine keeps working on you for days, you know, even months. And, and you, you know, maybe one day you're like uh, any regular day and then you realize, oh, that's why this happened. Again, because you're actually able to see it from a different perspective. And, and that's a huge, huge medicinal value for every, anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming and joining us today on Ethionation. And I want to ask you, how can the audience best stay in touch with you? And is there anything that you would like to share with them in terms of uh, the work that you're working on or a resource that you think might be helpful? Yeah, well, we're launching a crowdfunding campaign the next week. So, you know, anybody who would like to be part of it in the making of this film, they just go to uh, spiritmedicinemovie.com and that will, will link to the crowdfunding campaign. 
people can leave their the information and then we'll keep the updated. So that's a way to, to get in touch with me on the documentary. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I look forward to hearing more about your travels. So you mentioned a bit earlier that you hadn't yet gone to Africa to work with Iboga. Iboga, right. When not are yet. you hoping to, to do that? I'm hoping not today in July, at the end of July. Excellent. So we'll be sure to keep an eye out for any uh, news from the field as well. All right. All right. Thank you so much. And you have a beautiful rest of your day. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. What an epic journey the filming of Spirit Medicine must have been. If you go over to their Kickstarter page, you can see some of the incredible photos of Javier's travels and also have the opportunity to be an integral part of the direction of this documentary if you contribute $500 or more to the campaign. And you'll get your name in the credits. Woohoo! And now, a profound message from beyond. You never know what powerful insights you'll receive when you pray with plant medicines. And the other night I received a gift. Sometimes I find myself getting really caught up in the frenetic nature of my launch-based internet business. Internet marketing launches can be crazy and stressful. And often in the midst of the mayhem, I find myself sliding out of alignment. Instead of operating from a place of joy, I find myself operating from a place of anxiety, frustration, and irritation. Instead of flow, life feels like a frantic race against time. And so seeing with crystal clarity how far out of alignment I had fallen, out of alignment with my purpose, and into a low, angry, stressed out vibration, how I was no longer coming from a place of right action, even though what I was doing was not inherently wrong. The teaching that came through during the work was this, the three pillars of right action, intention, alignment, and compassion. Right intention. This is the springboard of all action. Why are you doing what you're doing? What is the intent behind your action? What is the motivation? Is it selfish or is it selfless? Right alignment. Is the energy that propels your actions, is it aligned with the high vibration of love, joy, and gratitude? Are your actions aligned with truth and integrity? Compassion. Are your actions grounded in kindness and compassion for others and most importantly for yourself? I invite you to explore these three pillars as you go about your day, at work or at home, and if anything feels off, to nudge your actions back into alignment. Thanks for listening, and now I leave you with Dance of the Seven Sisters, a track by Dea Dova, an amazing goddess from down under, from her album The Jasmani Garden. I 